Happy Halloween! Hello, welcome to Chainsaws and Claws, a killer monster podcast. I am Patrick Vicious. And I'm Rob the Cinema Drunkie. And today we are discussing two Halloween-centric films. Uh, the first one being my my pick. Uh, and actually, uh, despite my saying that it was uh, I was going to have vengeance on Lindsay and Mike for doing it on Schlock and Awe. That is not why I selected it. I was actually not aware at the time that was to be a thing. Um, but we are talking about Halloween H2O, which is my second favorite Halloween movie. And Rob was surprised I did not pick the original Halloween because of how much I love the original Halloween. And I do want to get to the original Halloween. But especially as of late, when I've seen the blatant disrespect for H2O, I feel like we have to talk about how fucking awesome H2O is, at least in my estimation. Like, it is, I mean, okay, I will grant you partially it has to do with, like, the time and place it was released in, where it was, like, post-Scream, where I had become obsessed with Halloween because I was obsessed with Scream, and so the fact that they were doing a new Halloween movie with Laurie Strode returning, Jamie Lee Curtis's character, that Kevin Williamson was involved in the writing of, even though he's not credited, um, was mind-blowing to me. And I was so excited. I literally watched every bit of promotional material that existed. I watched talk shows that I had no interest in and taped them. Like when Jamie Lee Curtis was on Howie Mandel's talk show, Probably don't even remember that exists. Yeah, nobody remembers that. But like it existed and I taped it and I watched it several times because I was so excited. And so like when I saw it, I got to the theater and my mom brought us and we were out of age and they wouldn't let us in. My like it was my friend Dan, my brother and I, because we were too young, and she forced them to let us in, and we saw it. And it is still to this day. Like, one of the most happy experiences I've ever had in my entire life watching a film. Because it was like, you could say what you want about it now, and I feel like maybe it does play differently out of context. I have no idea. But, like, at that moment in time, it was exactly what I wanted. Exactly. Like, it's like, you basically mashed up Scream and Halloween, like, brundle-flied them together in, like, the way that makes me just it just made me like quiver with joy when I was 15. And to this day, I still love it. Like that's like my whole thing with like, we were talking about ends, like um, the whole thing of me wanting like the uh, Laurie Michael, like fight to kind of be like bigger and more epic. And then I realized I already got that with H2O. So why would I need that in this movie? It's, it's fine. So like, cause yeah, cause H2O is basically everything I wanted. Granted, they ruined it. Like, <laughs> they ruined a big part of it within, like, a couple of years when they did the sequel. But, like, this movie in a vacuum, to me, is why, to this day, like, I think probably the best path overall of the Choose Your Own Adventure, Christ and Infinite Haddonfield's uh, Halloween series is probably the uh, Carpenter, David Gordon Green path. But, like, my favorite path is, like, the one that's Halloween, Halloween 2, and Halloween H2O, and then, sadly, Resurrection. Um, because up until Resurrection, to me, it's, like, the best. Like, it's just, it's just, I think HGO is, like, a perfect return to what the original Halloween was while also making something that was very true to that moment in time in horror cinema. 
No, yeah, I thoroughly agree with you. I I remember I was extremely hyped for when this one came out. Uh, I saw it three times opening weekend, um, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday because it was just like that. I was I was I was excited for it to came out, and then I saw it Friday night, and I loved it. And then I'm like, I'm gonna go again. And then I'm like, no, I'm gonna go again. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I saw it three times opening weekend, and I, I loved it. Um, I I thoroughly agree with you that it is probably the closest to in like tone to what uh, Carpenter did with the original. Like it, it's it definitely follows the, the that classic uh, three act structure that we were talking about. Where, you know, where we introduce the killer where we reintroduce Michael in this one and then we spend time with our protagonist and then third act bloodbath and uh, I, I like that because uh, I know they wanted Carpenter to come back and he was like give me give me money give me money <laughs> well like yeah Jamie told the story at uh, Jamie my close personal friend uh, Comic Con she was like um, though I guess the original plan was uh, it was going to be her Carpenter and Deborah Hill, um, basically, uh, Carpenter and Deborah Hill were going to write it again. Uh, she was going to produce it, um, and Carpenter was going to direct it. And then, yeah, like Carpenter felt slighted by the fact that Mustafa Akkad had made like however many millions off of the movie that he didn't get shit really. And so uh, he asked for $10 million to direct it. And they were like, "Go fuck yourself," and that was the end of that. <laughs> I, I think he, I think he did that on purpose. I think oh, of course. He, <laughs> he 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 asked for that amount, knowing they were going to say no, and he was just like, "Yeah, that like that was like that was that was the only way he was going to get out of it." Was like, "Give me ten million dollars, sir. Are you out of your mind? No. All right, bye." <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's just like I don't I don't give a shit. You know? But uh, um, I think they did. Uh, perfectly like you know, as much as I love Carpenter, perfectly fine without him by getting uh, Steve Miner. Um, because Steve Miner uh directed uh Friday 13th Part 2 and 3, which are some, the, some of the very best uh Friday 13th movies. Like, that's why I said, like, uh, with Friday 13th Part 2, that's where like I really get into the series because I don't give a shit about uh, the original Friday 13th. I okay, I didn't used to give a shit about any before four. And then, like, when I rewatched them when I got the box set, uh, I like Friday 13th, the original, better than I remembered, but 2 is a massive step up. Like, oh, yeah. I'll definitely grant you that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, Steve Miner is just a better filmmaker than Sean Cunningham. Yes. Um, just, and, and he proves that here. Uh, he's just, the way he handles the suspense of it all is just amazing. Um like like the, the the climax edition one is just a perfect example of just like slasher suspense, where it's just not not about like I I, I feel like that's probably where uh, lies uh, the problem with a lot of people that it's not the 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 kill fest that the series had become by that point where just you know it's all about the kills. Mine went back to the suspense of it all. Yeah, I was gonna it, say. I mean, the, the body count is about the same I think as the original, where it's like there's only like three or four deaths in the original and there's only like three or four deaths in this one yeah 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 um i think there's like one more death in here than there is in uh the because in the original it's uh judy uh dude on the side of the road uh that that people seem to forget about okay because uh, you don't see it so that doesn't make count but all right fine let's go let's go with it 
But he's dead. Michael killed him, so it counts. He could have um, died of a fucking heart attack for all we know. There's no they don't show it. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Um and then there's Annie, uh Bob, and Linda, and the two dogs. And that's that. And this one it's uh Joseph Gordon Levitt and his buddy and Nurse Chambers. Um fucking uh what was it? Uh Lil Man Tate Kid. Yep, uh, I was gonna Jody... say I don't remember his name. I remember Adam Hanberg's name because of the ice storm, but I the first thing I think of when I see him is a little man Tate. <laughs> Absolutely, he's he's always gonna be a little man Tate. Um, uh, Jody Lynn O'Keefe and uh, uh, Alan Arkin's son, and you can just say Adam Arkin. <laughs> <laughs> they have almost the exact same name. <laughs> that is true. That is true. <laughs> and and then that's it. Then that's it. Uh, that that's that's everybody who Michael kills in there. So it's like, um, so like that always bugged me. I was like, oh, like barely anybody gets killed in this movie. And it's like it, it has more deaths than the, the original. What the fuck are you talking about? You know? And like people's like, oh, it's not. It's not. It's nothing like the original. It's almost the same exact fucking movie as the original. It has the same exact structure. What the fuck are you talking about? I think it's the the whole 90s thing. And everybody's like, oh, this is the Dawson's Creek version of uh, Halloween. And it's like, did y'all even watch Halloween? Like, a, a lot of that movie is just teens talking on the phone, dude. Like, like how, how the fuck are y'all mad at this and just, like, y'all love... Uh, uh, it's like when uh, people get mad at like Friday the Thirteenth when it's like uh, Part Five where it's like there's no Jason in it. There's no Jason in the first one. Y'all fucking love that one. Like y'all need to just fucking chill. You know, y'all need to. Fucking well, okay. Chill. In the case of Five, we'll get to Five eventually. My only thing with Five is the, the blue balls of it, where it's just like you give me Jason, then it's like eh, it's not really Jason. I'm like, well, fuck you. God damn it. Like you wasted somebody. Like this. I was so excited that you make it. You made it go away. What the fuck. It's all good. It's all good. We would definitely get to five eventually, but uh, I love that movie. But uh, I think yeah, I remembered it. Yeah, but yeah, no, I, I I fucking love this movie. You know what I'm saying? I I, I love this movie so much. Um, it's definitely uh up there. Like, it's your second favorite, and it's my third favorite of the series. Uh, it, it it's um uh, up until ends. It, it it proved my theory that uh, all the anniversary ones are the best uh, Halloween movies. Like, you know, you have the original, and then you have Halloween 4, which is 10 years later. You have this one, which was 20 years later. Um, there was no 30 years later one because they, they, they missed out on it by doing it a year before. With, oh, yeah, I was uh, going to say. I was going to say, yeah, the Rob Zombie one was 2007. Yeah, and then uh, David Gordon Green's uh, first one came out in 2018. But uh, I, I like ends. I like ends a lot better than that one. So that uh, that, that ruins my theory right there. <laughs> and for that matter, okay, this is no, nothing gets people who love it. But if they if they had gotten uh, zombies out a year later, that would have ruined your theory long before. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Most definitely, most definitely. I, I think it's because it came out the year before. Where it proved my theory correct, um, and but uh, that's just out the window because uh, ends is not my favorite of the that whole trilogy as we discussed already. But now, nah, like uh, this, it's like you said, this is everything I wanted from a Halloween movie. You know, no, no bullshit, cult of thorn shit. Uh, no, no explaining Michael. Like, 
For the record, I still think the Cult of Thorn thing could be cool if they explored it. Like, they just didn't know what the fuck they were doing. But I feel like if you came up with a way to do that well, it could theoretically work. Nah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Um, Yeah, it was just like, what the fuck do we do? What what do we do in this? uh, I will do this. I was like, fine, sure, fuck it, whatever, let's go. And then they did it, and then it was just like, nah, let's do something else. <laughs> and then that's you know that's how we got the whole uh, fucking mess that is Curse of Michael Myers. Uh, but it is what it is. Uh, they they decided to ignore that. Like, and I remember the first time I saw this, I was just like, there's there's no mention of Jamie Lloyd. I didn't you know realize that they were just completely ignoring it. Uh, four, five, and six, which actually bums me out. I because I do like they, they, I know they shot something. Where um, they like have like a student in Jamie's class, uh, Laurie's class, um, like recount the like Haddonfield murders, and like they kind of so that they kind of bring you up to date as far as like what happened in four or five and six, and then I guess um, a decision was made at some point they were like just retconning everything except for the first two, and I was like, it was literally so easy just to not do that and just have let this be Halloween seven, <laughs> but you just insisted. On making this unnecessarily confusing and complicated. <laughs> nah, yeah. So it's like, oh, like, why are they not talking about Jamie Lloyd? Like, you know, th- does she not care about her daughter and shit? And then it's just like, then you realize later, like, oh, they're just ignoring it. Which, I mean, makes sense because um, it would just make Lori <laughs> a shitty mom. Child. <laughs> yeah, just a shitty mom. You know what I'm saying? Like, Oh, you just completely forgot about your child and don't care, you know, and the fact that she's dead and, you know what I'm saying? And that, uh, she, she more or less was like raped by your brother, you know what I'm saying? And, and gave birth to, to, I, you know what, let's, let's just stop talking about it because the more, (laughs) the more I start to think about like the, the, the ideas behind Curse of Michael Myers, the more it just. Mistakes were made. Mistakes were made, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally, totally. But yeah, like I, I think it was probably necessary to just because that just became it was it was almost like what, what Wes did with a uh, new nightmare. Where it's just like like I you know, like, yeah, let's make a new sequel. He's like, I don't know what the fuck is going on with these movies at all. I'm just gonna do my own thing and just r- ignore these and like, okay. And that's exactly what they did here. But let's just ignore that shit. Like, yeah, that that shit is just whatever the fuck was going on over there. We're just doing, you know, everything over here. But yeah, um, I I I really love Halloween H two O so much. You know, it is it is definitely one of my all time favorite Halloween movies. And um, I watch it. I would say every like I don't watch it like every year, but like I watch it every so often. You know what I'm saying? Um. Because it's just, like, one of those movies where it's, like, I, I get exactly what I want, not just from Halloween movies, but from slasher movies in general. Because, you know, we talk, I do love that classic three-act structure. And, like, the, fa- the fact that he's sticking to it, Steve Miner, it, I, I felt is really admirable. And, like, you know, he could have just made it a bloodbath. But he was like, no, let's let's go back to suspense, you know? Like, you know, like, like having tension and all that stuff. And it's like, nah, I... I, I, I like I like that, bro. I like that. Yeah. I will say though, like there is that one. There is one part that's kind of a perfect fusion of both, because um, that entire sequence with Jody Lynn O'Keefe is gory as fuck, but it's also very suspenseful. So like it is both, because like 
when she gets the fucking uh ele- or I don't know if it's an elevator, it's a dumb waiter, um yeah. on her fucking leg and then like drags her fucking leg out of it with it being all manner of fucked up, and then dragging herself over, then Michael stabbing her good, and then the next time you see her, she's hanging, basically turned into like a fucking kind of a jack-o'-lantern, but hanging, like where he has like basically he's hollowed out her middle. Yeah. All of that. It's very gory, but also very good suspense. Like it's there's there's solid suspense around the gore. So like I feel like that's admirable. <laughs> yeah, like I, I, I'm I'm wondering why, like, they they made her kill like the most fucked up one, in in the movie. Like, cause there is uh, the death of Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character. I mean, which we don't see, but we see the aftermath where he gets the the. I skate to the face. Yeah, I skate to the face. You know what I'm saying? And and that's and that's cool. But like, yeah, he he fucks her up real bad and and like really bad. Like like yeah, he fucks up her leg and it's all mangled and hanging and all that shit. And then he like he stabs her like 87 times. <laughs> yeah. And then fucking hangs her up and shit in in the in the light. And like like you said, he hollowed her out and shit. And it's like. Was was Jodie Lynn O'Keefe like a diva on set? Like, did, <laughs> did, did they do that to her and shit because they did not like her or something? Because they they fucked her up real bad in this movie. Well, I feel like because they did so like little in terms of like the like normal amount of kill, like that's where they went like the hardest. Because it was like even like uh, Adam Han Bird's um, death, um, like they don't show you anything like it's like they build this tension with like him and the fucking garbage disposal and then like they have michael show up and then it's just cut and the next time you see him is his throat is slashed and i was just like even when i when i was like watching this when i was like 15 i was like what the what the what the fuck like i was like there was there was so much right there you just didn't give me any of it like why the fuck didn't his head get all like mangled why the fuck is this his throat what the fuck i didn't get to see the throat flash what the fuck is this bullshit Nah, yeah, that's true. But it it is uh it is a nasty ass throat slash too because its neck is all open. So it's like that that that's that that was cool. Um, but yeah, like I, I felt like that was that you know that was that there's that thing you see in slasher movies where it's like like it happened in Halloween too where Rick Rosenthal, uh, he made it particularly bloodless and and Carpenter was like, nah, dude, we gotta we gotta amp the the kill stuff in here. And like he reshot a lot of that, like to make it a uh, a bit more gory. And I'm wondering if that was like a note that the studio had, where it was like, you, you got to have like real some real fucked up shit. And it's like, okay, here it is. This this one character, you know, what I'm saying where she we we watch her get really fucked up. You know, what I'm saying, um, yeah, because like you said, uh, Josh Gordon Levitt he gets killed off screen. Um, so does his friend. We see uh, Nurse Chambers get her throat slashed. Uh, we don't see uh, Little Man Tate get his throat slashed. We 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 definitely see uh, Joe you know, Keith get fucked up real bad. Um, uh, Adam Arkin he gets the the knife to the back, which recreates the fucking the the death of the nurse from Halloween two. And that's pretty much it. You know what I'm saying? And it's like. I mean, I don't really have like I'm I'm not one where it's just like I I, I would appreciate it uh, slasher movies be gory because that's what I'm just used to, but I don't necessarily need it to be gory. So I'm perfectly fine with how they did everything in here. You yeah, know, the like, kills like that they're like they to me like they're actually 
so much worse. Like, like, um, like Adam Arkin's fucking death is horrifying. Like his, like the way he's like, like pulsing, like convulsing yeah. like, when he's got the fucking knife in his back. It's like, that's so much worse than like most of what you could like have done with gore. Like just the actual, just showing me that much was horrifying. No. Yeah, totally. Totally. I, I, I'm in the full agreement. Like, you know, like the way he's just like, like, oh, that, that's fucked up, dude. <laughs> yeah, but um, I, I, I have no problem with uh, how how they handled all all the deaths in here at all. Like, I know hardcore fans like most likely is what pissed them off about this one, but I don't care. I don't care. It's fine to me. It's fine with me. Like, I, I know like. It's probably the the cast itself that pissed them off too, um, particularly the presence. Like, and and it's weird too because Michelle Williams' presence is probably where like a lot of people had the problem because you know she was yes. most known for Dawson's Creek at the time. It's like you know that's what everybody calls this the Dawson's Creek one, and it's like now it's like she's like this incredibly respected Oscar nominated actress, you know, and uh, it's like. In hindsight, where like everybody was mad at her for appearing in it, and now it's just like I mean, I had no problem with it at all because Michelle Williams, uh, Jesus Christ, because um, I I was I was a fan of Dawson's Creek. Me too. Uh, I, I I was gonna say I was just like I fucking love Dawson's Creek because it was just like, oh hey, Kevin Williamson every week. Like this is the best fucking this is the best case scenario in my life. Like getting to have. Like a new Kevin Williamson thing for an hour every week of my life when I was like fourteen was amazing. No, like the the thing I the reason I got into Dawson's Creek was because uh, I didn't start watching it. I was a uh, teen drama, whatever. I don't care. But like everybody was like, "Oh my god, you should watch that Dawson's Creek show because that kid Dawson, he's just like you. He's into movies." And then I was like, "Uh huh." And then I started watching. And I was like. Holy shit, he kind of is just like me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so like, yeah. I, 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 like that's the reason I gravitated toward the, the show, and and I just stayed for Michelle Williams because um, <laughs> Michelle Williams was like very um, uh, important to a uh, young Rob. Uh, I mean, for me, it was Katie Holmes, but I understand. I, I understand. no, 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 Katie Holmes too. Like uh, Katie Holmes uh, as well, but Michelle Williams, like Jesus Christ. Like Katie Holmes and Jodie Lynn of Keefe. I I have a type. So like <laughs> <laughs> I see, I see. I I, I, to, I totally get it. I totally get it. But uh it was Michelle Williams for me. And then like, you know, now she's just this, you know, highly respected actress and uh, like, you know, appearing and have multiple um uh Oscar nominations and it's just like it's weird that uh how she's so respected now and people were just like, Oh, what is she doing in a Halloween movie? No, not not like completely ignoring the fact that uh, Jamie Lee Curtis was her in her own show, like uh, before she did uh, the first Halloween. But everybody forgets that. But I like it, um, also. I, I guess it's Josh Hartnett. Not know. even Hartnett, because Hartnett, like whatever. Because I feel like he was at that point. He was so like kind of no one knew who he was, so nobody was like that. I was like, for me, I remember uh, L Cool J being like, "What the fuck is L Cool J doing here?" Um, but I will say, rewatching it, God bless them for what they did with LL Cool J and his performance, because like they make you forget, well, he and the filmmakers, that he is 
both very handsome and in incredible shape. Like, they really do a really good job of making him seem like a schlubby security guard. Like, it's just like, I buy it. I was just like, good for everybody involved. Like, I was just like, wouldn't you wouldn't think that. But I was just like, he doesn't seem cool. He doesn't seem, like, sexy. Like, he's just, he's playing the random security guard guy who somehow manages to make it to the end. And he's great. Like, he works. No, he does. He does. Like, yeah, they, they put him in that... That big ass shirt and that big ass jacket, like you know, like to cover up the fact that he's built like a Roman god. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so it's like, yeah, yeah, but like he he's a lot of, he's a lot of fun in, in in the movie, even though his character doesn't really make sense. Um, the fact that he's this security guard who's trying to write a romance novel. <laughs> you know, he has like, dreams, Rob. I'm sorry that he has dreams. Like it's just it, no, but it's so it's so like it's so weird, like. Um, I, I I appreciate them for like going against type and they them not just trying to make him like the the urbane character, you know, uh, so to speak. And they just made him like you know like like you said this the schlubby guard you know with a dream to write a romance novel and then he spends most of his time going over it with his lady over the phone and it's like it's it, like his romance novel sounds like the most generic shit ever. By the way, well, yes. To be fair, most romance novels most generic shit ever. They're kind of like Mad Libs. That, that is that is true. That is true. That is true. But uh, like yeah, he he is a he is a like like a funny he is a funny character. Like I guess he's intended to be the comic relief anyway, you know. But uh, I I like that they do that with his character and and Kuje uh, uh, is great in it. Um, I also like uh how they have like the little uh uh. What, what's the word like Easter eggs? Uh, of course, the main one being uh, the appearance of Janet Lee. Yep. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Playing uh, Jamie Lee Curtis' assistant, which uh, which was something that I, I know Jamie Lee talked about when she was doing the fog, where like her and Jamie Lee turned down doing uh, like Jan- her and her mom turned down doing numerous stuff because they would always like try to cast them as mother and daughter, and like you know. Like it was too easy to do that, so that like anytime they did something, they did it um, where where they did not play related or anything, and like you know to to have them in here like that where they just like you know she's my assistant, but she's also like uh, uh, a Easter egg for Psycho, which is basically the whole genesis she has a behind psycho car. <laughs> yeah, and and they play a little bit of the the, the cue when when she yeah. walks to the car, you know, like during her last scene. And like I, I thought that was that was cool. I thought that was cool. Uh, I also liked uh, for, I mean, it makes no sense whatsoever. But they're watching Scream Two. And yes. It, it, it's like that. That's the, like I get it, but that's the one that boggles the mind because Halloween is a film that exists in the Scream universe. Yeah. Yes. And, and now Scream is a franchise that exists in the Halloween universe. And I know the original joke was that they were going to be watching So I Married an Axe Murderer, which was a different joke, which was, you know. Mike Myers. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. I, I also heard that Jamie Lee Curtis actually wanted Mike Myers to appear in the movie in a cameo, and he said no, which, uh, like, that, that, that would have been great, and he fucked that up, but whatever. And, uh,. <laughs> And then, like, you know, so they, they went uh, in another route. They'd be watching So I Married an Axe Murderer. But then they just decided, like, no, let's put in Scream 2. And it's like, this makes no sense, like, at all. Like, this, this is completely just confusing 
how how this works, but you know, whatever. God bless. <laughs> I was say, well, technically, it's it's. I mean, they've already at this point. I've in my own brain, uh, it's it's a multiverse. So yes, one of those one of those universes exists where like the Scream movies exist alongside the Halloween, like inside the Halloween universe. It's a weird universe. I don't necessarily it's like it's like it's like in the Simpsons, like where there's like that one universe where like they all like the the, the it's like they they're in the they're all rich and like there's donuts like raining from the sky. It happens in the in the, in the multiverse. There's sometimes there's Earths that are fucking weird. Oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, but yeah, uh, what else am I missing? What else am I missing? I will say on the HeartNet thing, I do like most people just like acknowledge a terrible haircut. And I was like, which is fair, but like there was like a thing to Hartnett at that point where like that dude did have very specific quality that like I don't feel like most other like I feel like most other young actors wanted it and he just had it where he he like legitimately had like kind of like that James Dean thing going on where like he like he felt like very like legitimately cool and kind of like vaguely dangerous. So it's like it does kind of work, even though he's like the one who Michael kind of fucks up in the Astro family. Um, but like, I do think that he's not bad in the movie at all. Like, I think a lot of people like shit on him because of his, like the stupid fucking haircut. But like, I do think he's good in the movie. Like, I think that he's like, I mean, he's doing highly stylized Kevin Williamson dialogue. And basically, let's be honest. He's kind of like um, in the most recent scream, uh, he's like he's kind of like the himbo character. He's kind of like uh, Cuba Gooding's son's character in the new Scream, where it's like he exists to be pretty and to be menaced. Like it's like he's not the hero. Like he's not like a final girl. He's not a final guy. He exists as like somebody to like be one of the people that Michael attacks. Like and for that he's good. I think he's good for what he like for what he is and what he does. Yeah, like if if I remember correctly, uh, the, the the haircut thing was because he he would. Uh, after shooting a scene, he would put up, he would wear a hat, um, and like right before he would shoot the scene, he would take it off, fucking up his haircut, which pissed off the hairdressers on on the film, uh, which they were just like, ah, fuck it, you know what I'm saying? Like he's gonna keep doing that, so let him do it. Uh, I think I, I read somewhere that Jamie Lee Curtis noticed that, where it's almost like he was ashamed of his good looks, um, like like he, I, I think Josh Hartnett is one of those you know people like we we talk about that are like a character actor in a leading man's body and like like he wants to be seen as an actor but like he's so insanely good looking that he gets all these himbo parts and he's just like god you know what i'm saying so like he he kind of rejected that and jamie lee curtis was like oh, okay dude i get it i get it you know like you know, <laughs> you know i totally get it you know what i'm saying but uh i yeah i think he he's fine in the movie like you know essentially like what you were saying where he's he's like this himbo good looking character but like he's basically useless <laughs> yeah. um he he he's he has to be rescued by uh uh Michelle Williams when uh Michael finally attacks them and like she's the one that has to carry him and shit uh and, and, and I'm pretty sure he was probably happy about that you know? <laughs> <laughs> like yeah like you know I don't want to be the guy that has to rescue everybody like I have to be rescued you know but I, will say, uh, like, I have no idea if it's true or not 
But the shot of like uh, when he and Michelle Williams are like up against the door and Michael's trying to get in and like he's like swinging the knife back and forth in front of their faces. Yeah. I heard that was a real knife. And I was like to get like that performance. And I was like, I have no idea if that's true or not. But like, it looks legit. Like, I, I am concerned for them. <laughs> like, like, it's like, it's like, I mean, in his case, he's a very handsome man. She's a beautiful woman. But like, and just in terms of like having a knife inches from your face, but like, I think that that's like my favorite bit of performance for both of them in that whole fucking movie. Cause it's like, wow, like either you're legitimately the best actors ever and are like pretending to be scared, or there's a motherfucker with a real fucking knife inches from your face. <laughs> no, like yeah, like yeah, like that would make sense because they genuinely look terrified. Yes. <laughs> like, you know, like, especially Michelle Williams, like, like her face is like, get this motherfucker away from me with this knife. <laughs> that sounds dangerous as fuck. <laughs> yes. No, totally. I mean, like, it definitely, there's a, there's a very small margin of error. Um, but no, and like, I do, like, a lot of people take issue with like, um, cause, and you actually mentioned it when, and I was like, I never thought about it before, but you're not wrong. Um, like with the mask, um, cause at the time I was like, I didn't care. Like when it came out, I was just like, it looks like Michael Myers' mask. But like a lot of people will talk about the mask, and I was just like, like the main thing I think of is like that the shot, like when like he makes it through, just they make it through, like right after that, and then he and Laurie are like face to face, and like you see him like do like the head tilt, and I was like, I do get your like logic where it's like you shouldn't be able to see his eyes, but yeah. I will say I do think that shot is cool because you can see his eyes. Yeah. Um. I guess, like, it just, it, it, it just gives me too much insight into, like, you know, the, what he's actually thinking, because I think it's it's more terrifying, the fact that we, we don't know what the fuck is going on in Michael's mind, and the fact that you can see his eyes, you can see, like, the thoughts going on. Um, uh, I'm glad you brought up the mask, because that's a point of contention in this film, is the mask. Like, like yes, I that's my issue with it, is that for a majority of the film you could see his eyes and also it looks sculpted to his head where uh the thing i like about the michael myers mask it, it looks like he took it off a rack uh, uh which is exactly what it's supposed to be something he grabbed off the rack and just put on um so it has that like kind of like um space in in between it and the rest of his face which also helps hide his eyes you know what i'm saying this one it looks like it's just like fitted onto his face Almost like they just fucking painted his face white, you know, which which I know was not the original mask they chose. Like this mask was a compromise because it was like, what, three, four different masks in this entire movie. Yeah, uh, <laughs> th there, there was the original one, which Steve Miner signed off on, which was done by K&B. And uh, that's the one that uh, you could kind of see like during shots where which they could not reshoot. Um, it's also the one that appears like the, the scene you were talking about where him and Laurie come face-to-face -face through the door, like, the, the window and the door. And, like, you can see it in the trailer. That was the original mask. And, like, it, like, it, it definitely doesn't look like the original uh, Captain Kirk mask. It, it, it looks more like it, it was sculpted. You know what it looks like? It looks closer to what, um, what Carpenter had envisioned for the mask, like, when he wrote uh, Halloween, where, because he, like, he had gotten the idea from Eyes Without a Face, um, and in the movie, like there's, there's a female character in there who wears a white like mask that basically just almost like sculpted to her face. Um, and it kind of looks like that, but like you can't see the eyes in that one, and it's like 
I, I like that one, but like then the producers was like no, so uh, they they got John Carr Beekler to do like uh, I think like a version of the mask he created for Part Six, and uh, Steve Miner was like no, and like I know they shot with that the opening scene with that mask, and then uh, finally the 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 mask that's used throughout the movie basically is uh. The one that Stan Winston cr- created, which was a compromise. Like, okay, we'll we'll, we'll use that one, but uh, they could not reshoot everything with that mask and shit. So, like, you still get the the, the first masks in there. You get the John Carr Beekler mask, but then like the worst one of all is you get the CGI mask, <laughs> <laughs> which is like I I didn't notice like when it was in theaters and shit. Maybe I didn't care or like you know I, I it's probably I didn't notice, but. Watching it now is just like so fucking obvious and ugly and stupid. It's like I can't believe you motherfuckers left this in the movie. You know, like it's just like it. It is just the dumbest shit ever. And and y'all put it in your big summer release. <laughs> it is so. It is so blatantly CGI. Like it, it just. I, I do not know why they just didn't like, hey, let's just cover it in shadow and just like hide it. But no, they just got this bright ass, fake ass CGI mask to cover up the fact that they couldn't uh, reshoot this scene real quick. And it's just the dumbest shit ever. Yeah, I mean, I, again, like for me, like when it came out, like I didn't like is it, I, cause I feel like the masks in general, like they kind of the only one until like recent years the last 15 years that actually like looked consistent was like from halloween one to halloween two like it's fairly close like it's not is that the same but it's fairly close but then after that it just literally like you can tell like it's like in four and five and six it's just like it's they literally were just like here's a white mask (laughs) like it's just like it didn't matter what the fuck it looked like it just was a white mask it wasn't until like Rob Zombie did his, where he had like, a very specific thing for the mask, where it was very influenced by Carpenter's, but it was also his own thing. And then they carried it over in the in his second one, where it was the same mask, but it was fucked up because of the ending of Halloween One. Um, it's not Rob Zombie's Halloween One, and then um, David Gore Green brought back like the classic mask, like he like for like his new trilogy. Which then, like, he get, it gets fucked up over the course of like the end of 2018, then kills and ends. But like, it starts off as the OG. Um, but I feel like for a long time they just didn't give a fuck. <laughs> like, it wasn't until like recent years that people really thought about like about iconography. Like, because I mean, I guess I mean, Jason kind of consistently like kind of it was always kind of from. The previous film, they were just kind of carried over, like, from three to four, it has the axe hit in it, and, like, so on and so forth. Like, from six to seven, it's all, like, he's been underwater, blah, blah, And I guess Freddy is kind of similar. Um, but I feel like as far as masks go, it wasn't until, like... And again, I don't think this was even, like, planned. I was going to say, like, Scream. But I feel like Scream, just because they used an existing costume, and they just kept using it, and it became iconic. So it was just, like... They didn't fuck with it just because, like, they just, it was the whole point was supposed to be Ghostface just buying this off the rack. It was the same thing as the Michael Myers thing. So right. I just feel like people didn't, it, it was like, but I, I think, I feel like now 
people are way more concerned about the iconography of like slashers and um, whatnot. That is just like to have a very specific look. Whereas I feel like for a long time, it was literally just like, as long as Michael Myers is a white mask, it doesn't matter. And truth be told, when I was a kid, it didn't. Like it was like, I think it's like when I was a kid, it was just to me, if you had a white mask, it was Michael Myers. White mask coveralls, Michael Myers. Like, that was just my brain went there. Like it's just like, so you didn't have to. It wasn't until like recently watching this where it's like, again, like when you mentioned it, it was the first time I'd ever thought about it. Like, I was just like, oh, shit, I didn't even think about it. Like, I was always, just, to me, that was just Michael Myers. So, like, I wasn't something that bothered me. Right, right. Yeah. No, I feel that. I feel that. Um, I will say, though, that uh, the mask in here, the, even with it's all this fucking uh, bullshit continuity, uh, it's a lot, <laughs> is, is, is still a lot better than the one in uh, the next film. Uh, like, that, that, that might be the second worst one to me. Is that's a, yes, that is the second worst one. I, I, the only one I put beneath that is zombies. Uh, no, I'm talking about the mask. Oh, um, <laughs> the, 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 the mask, uh, never, never the, mind. <laughs> the, 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 the mask is, is the second worst one. The first, the, the, the worst one for me is the one in Halloween 5. It is, but also, I feel like. I feel like because you like four so much, you gloss over how shitty that mask is. Like, the mask in four is not good either. No, it it is not. But it 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 keep for me why I give it a pass because it, it keeps in with what I was saying about the the mask in the original is that it looks like he just grabbed it off the fucking rack, whereas the mask in five looks like it was made in a shop. Uh, it. it looks like it was made horribly in the shop like no like i know can be made it and no offense to them but that that is the worst mess like especially with that extended neck piece i don't know why they made that shit so long why they had it set out like that it is just awful awful like everything about five is the worst like the worst mess like uh, i uh, disagree but that's fine (laughs) Yes, I, I know what majority of what people consider the worst Halloween, but uh, nope, it's fire for me. But, you know, we're not talking about Halloween movies we hate. We're talking about Halloween movies we yeah. love, and we love right. H2O. Um, but yeah, uh, I, like, you, you were saying too, and I wanted to talk about this too, because we brought it up during our Halloween ends thing, and it's like, you didn't care about, I mean, you, you liked the fight, and you felt that movie needed it, but if it didn't have it, you were fine because you got the battle between Michael and Laurie you wanted from H2O. And I'm in a full agreement with you on that because like, it's like that fight was great. And of course the fight in 2018 was great, but it's like, this is the definitive fight between Michael and Laurie, I should say. Cause it it has like, it's, it's not, it's a fight, but it's also like Steve Miner doesn't forget we're, we're in a slasher movie. And it has to have suspense in it, so it's basically just like they're fighting, but like he's also stalking her throughout this entire uh, fucking uh, school that they're in, the boarding school that they're in, and like to me, this is like where where I I, I probably put why I put it over for over the uh, other Michael Laurie battles and shit, you know. I mean, like I was like, hold on, let me backtrack, like. Not better than the their fight in the original, like in uh, the Doyle residence, like especially the iconic uh, scene with uh, Laurie in the closet yeah. and Mike was yeah, coming yeah. after her. Yeah, that that yeah that is the uh, 
the, the the great battle between them. Like that's the number one. But this one is is um a very close number two, I would say. Well, no, I mean, I feel fight. like this one, the thing that, like, they, they, I mean, they're different things by virtue of the fact this is the first one where it, like, because the first one is basically just Laurie trying to stay alive. Yeah. And then this one is Laurie trying to fuck Michael up while Michael is trying to fuck Laurie up. Like, this is, like, a legit, like, battle. Whereas the first one basically is Laurie every second just trying to kill him just so he stops trying to kill her. Like, he, she's not, like, fighting him because, like she has any desire to fight him. She's fight, fighting him just to stay alive. Whereas in this one, she is fighting him because she wants to fucking end that motherfucker. Yeah, that is true. That is true. I, I always love the moment. Um, and this is something I, I, uh, uh, it reminded me of that I wanted to bring up with you because uh, uh, something I said to you while we were watching Scream at the Mahoney, um, where uh, you know he's, he's looking for her and then she jumps out of the closet and, and stabs the shit out of him repeatedly until he falls over the thing. And, like, that's the part where they play the, the score from Scream. Because that's the big thing with this movie, too, is that uh, John Ottman did a score for it, which they barely used. They only used his cover of uh, the Halloween theme. And uh, they basically used Marco Beltrami's score from Scream throughout mo- most of it. And... The, the the this is this is this is how much I love Halloween H two O and and I love Scream so much as well. But we were watching it and that the the the, the score they used for that part is the one where Tatum is fighting a uh, Ghostface yep. in the garage, like specifically when he's about to uh, she's about to die in the garage door. Mm. They use that part of the score for the part where like she's repeatedly stabbing Michael after jumping out of the closet at him. And I and I lean over to Patrick and I say, "Is it weird that I remember this score more from H two O than I do from Scream?" And Patrick was like, "Yes, that is very weird." <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I don't have a problem with it. I I, I mean, it, it would have been nice to have a lot a, a little bit more of the Halloween like score in it, like just redone. But I know, like they they had a problem with like the way Ottman just like seemed to make some of the score like just whimsical, you know, like 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 he was doing like a spooky house movie, and, and not like a like a like a slasher thriller kind of thing. But, like, so I I can understand why they went with uh, I mean because it was when they, when they were editing the movie it was just a temp score. Uh, they just used Bill Trami's score from Scream and shit as a way like you know to. You know, like yeah. get across what they were trying to do, and then they just ah just fucking leave it. You know, <laughs> we 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 own it anyway. I was gonna say know? yeah, I was like we own it. Fuck it. <laughs> like we could we could use it, and it's just like, like I I I, I get it. I get it. You know what I'm saying? And Marco Beltrami's score for Scream is fantastic, so I don't mind it being used. But I I I would have liked to have heard more of uh the the Scream score in here. I mean, they do use. Like I said, uh, Ottman uh, uh, has his cover play uh, of the Halloween theme in the film uh, twice during the opening credits. And then like that uh, just fantastic moment, which Mike, of course, brings up a lot with um, where after uh, Laurie sends uh, John and uh, Molly away and then disables the the gate. So like it's locked. And then she walks up and screams, Michael! 
Yeah, and then you, you know you have the fucking the the Halloween theme playing like you know, and it's got like the orchestra kind of thing on it, and that scene is awesome. But then they also use like Carpenter's original theme outright, where uh, that great ending that was made worthless by the next film, where yeah, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I, I I just I try to ignore Resurrection so much, like you know, so I could just have that intact. You know that because that ending is so great. I remember being in the theater and just like the first time I saw it, because like I mean, with, with with Michael, you're just like, oh, Michael's gonna find a way to come back. And you know they they say all the time, oh, this is the final confrontation with evil in the marketing. They did that with fucking Curse of Michael Myers, a final confrontation with evil, and it's like he's alive at the end of this motherfucker. <laughs> um, and they're like, oh, like yeah, they're gonna like they they're not gonna kill Michael Myers. There's no way. And then she just cuts his fucking head off. I bought that so fucking hard when it like when it happened. Like I was like, I literally was like, oh, I guess this is the last Michael Myers. Like, this is the last Halloween movie. Like I remember, like th- I told this to my friends, like my brother and my uh, my friend Dan. Like we left. Like that's the I got. I don't. There's no buying that back. Which turned out not to be the case. But like I was just like I was like they just they fucking murked Michael Myers. Like Michael Michael Myers is dead. Right. Like yeah. Like I remember. I remember vividly that screening where everybody was just like me included was just oh holy shit and like and then it just you know she she turns around she does the close eye thing which she does periodically in the movie and then it just cuts to black from there with the Halloween score playing and it's like wow that's like the greatest ending ever you know and then here comes the resurrection years later ruining everything. I mean, um, I guess that was baked in though, because like I, because the other thing Jamie Lee Curtis talked about at the panel was, um, she was like, I had signed on for this to be the end, like I had signed on to like this is like she's gonna kill Michael Myers, and then I got the script, and it was like he goes off a cliff, and it's like it's very obvious they were like leaving it for him to come back, and I said, fuck this, I'm not doing it. And I wasn't going to do the movie. We were like, we were supposed to shoot it in a matter of weeks. I wasn't going to do the movie. And then Kevin Williamson came up with the idea that became the end of this, the beginning of Resurrection. And I was like, okay, we'll do it. But we have to make it very, like, there has to be that moment that feels definitive before we undo this in a couple of years. And so that's why it ends the way it does. And I was like, to her credit, again, it works. Like, I genuinely bought that, which... Because the, the this is like the only one I can think of that was really ever like that super definitive. <laughs> like, because like every other time they've like killed Slasher icons, it was always with like with an eye towards like this is how we can bring him back. Like in your own head, you're like it's it's right there. But this is the first time where again I was just like this is the end. Like this is that there's no more. This is the they're done now. Like which in respect, of course they weren't done. But like at the time it worked. I was like I can't. I can in no way, like, I was like, I could no way, I will say, it is a clever, like, way they did it, like, the way that Kevin Williamson came up with, it is clever, I'll give them that, because, like, it did, because, A, it worked, and, B, it's why the beginning of Resurrection, I don't completely hate, it's just, as it goes on, I hate it more and more, but, like, the Kevin Williamson idea, I think, is solid, admittedly. Eh, uh, for what, okay, 
compared to what it was going to be, where it was just a fucking van going off a fucking cliff, it's it's solid enough to me. Like I, I was, I, I think it's it's not bad. I I also heard something of that the uh, the uh, another idea that they had was that initially it was going to be Little Man Tate who was the copycat killer. It was copycat Mike. I would not yeah. have been into that at all. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, fuck that. Um, we, we say fuck that as uh, we're praising uh, Corey Cunningham as a copycat Michael. But Michael Myers is present in the in that film. <laughs> I would like to note, you said we there. Don't say we there. You, you, <laughs> sir. <laughs> so don't drag me into your psychosis. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. My bad, my bad. Um... But yeah, uh, I, I I try to forget resurrections exist as as much as I can, and just like that was a trilogy: uh, Halloween, Halloween Two, and Halloween H Two O, and that's it from that timeline. That's it. Nothing else exists. That would be uh, fine, honestly. I wish that that was the way it was, and then, and then if they like if they had still done like the zombie reboot, that would have been fine. Like right. if it was just like that was the end. That would have been fine with me. But at the time. The Akkads were what the Akkads were. So here we are. Well, no, here's the thing. Uh, I was saying this uh, during my discussion on Halloween Ends with Mike and Erica, where I appreciate uh, Malik Akkad a lot. No, yeah, yeah. He's definitely less of a fucking... He's a, he's a less linear thinker than Mustafa Akkad. <laughs> Mustafa right. Akkad was like, this is our cash cow. We will keep milking it until it is run dry. Whereas Malik Akkad is like open seemingly to like taking chances because he's like we can just reboot it who the fuck cares <laughs> right 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 yeah like uh mustafa was basically like uh you want to do michael myers movies he can't die he can't die like you know you, you have to find a way to keep him alive yeah we could do this but like you know he has to he has to come back in the next one because we got to keep making michael myers movies where where malik is like um i, I don't like you know we're gonna keep making michael myers movies but it really doesn't give a shit just do what you want you know, like that's what he basically told Rob Zombie: "Do what you want." You know, what I mean, like don't don't worry about it. You want to kill him off? Kill him off. Uh, it was the Weinstein's because he he does kill Michael off in uh, his uh, remake, and it was the Weinstein's that were just like, "No, we gotta. We made a lot of money. We gotta bring him back somehow." And then Zombie was like, oh, "Right, fine, fuck it. Who cares?" And then he did Halloween too, and then he just kills everybody off at the end, and it's just like, oh, like, and they still. Like we got to make another one. Everybody's dead at the end of uh, <laughs> Zombies Halloween Two and shit. How the fuck are you bringing anybody back? And and then uh, Malik was like, "Okay, like we're just gonna reboot it. You know, we're gonna do it this." And then of course uh, with ends, Michael is definitely fucking dead because he's dog meat at the end of that. And it's just like, yeah, they're gonna re like. And like I like how like the discourse around it is like, oh, this is the final Michael Myers movies, and this is how they did it. It's like it's not the final one, dude. Like they're 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 going to make another one. Like you like your 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 anger is misplaced. If if you're thinking this is going to be the final Halloween movie, there's going to be another one like two three years after this. You yeah, know? exactly. <laughs> Fucking relax, dude. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's like that's like uh, yeah. That's why I like, also. Like, cause again, like I, the only time ever that I, it has worked that I have bought it was H2O. Like every time since, I guess that's not true because at the end of, um, zombies, um, despite my distaste for that movie, I bought that ending. Like when she's like, when she blows his fucking, like she shoots him in the fucking face. I was like, Oh, all right. 
<laughs> I was like, that's that's the end of that. Like I was just like, so they're just doing one and done. And then they did two. I'm like, how? How? How is there more? How you shot him in the face? What the fuck? Right, right. They don't even explain how he survived that. Like, no. she she shoots him in the face with a fucking hand cannon, yeah. and then he's just alive still. <laughs> like, like you could tell Rob Zombie did not care for Halloween two at all. Like, like, like I even read that he disowned both of them because he he hated working with the Weinstein's because yeah. they because they sucked. So he's just like, ah, oh, whatever, care. Like to to the point where, uh, people are doing that thing. Uh, because of ends where it's like your movies were good actually and like your movies were better and he's just like I don't care like I had a terrible time making my Halloween movies where I don't give a shit about the franchise at all I, I don't care like I haven't seen the new ones because I don't care <laughs> like stop sending me to shit <laughs> but like going back to what I was saying uh, like, I, I appreciate him a lot like I mean God bless Mustafa Akkad uh, may he rest in peace um, you know, he kept the franchise uh, alive, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, Michael Myers. But then it's like, there's that thing where it's like, uh, like, but at what cost did you keep Michael Myers alive? At what cost? Like, you know, where we had a fantastic ending with H2O, which was then ruined in Resurrection. And so I like that his son is basically doing like, yeah, we're going to keep making Michael Myers, but I want to keep I want to bring in these filmmakers who like with creative visions and just like go nuts. And if you want to kill him at the end, I don't give a shit. Kill him, kill him, shoot him in the fucking face, like uh, stab him like in every like part of his body and shit, which they do at the, well, there's two different ways they kill him in the theatrical cut and zombies Halloween too. He gets stabbed through like the fucking um, some shit where he basically gets stabbed multiple times and like through different parts of his body. And I've then, seen the director's cut, and I hadn't even seen that until a week ago. So yeah, and the director's cut, he gets shot the fuck up. Yeah, uh, and and then he's dead. And then of course it ends. He just gets thrown in a meat grinder and shit. And he explodes everywhere. <laughs> I was my father had seen it uh, ends, and he really liked it. And uh, it, like he said, he was surprised that they did that. Um, he was like, oh, oh, like I didn't think they were gonna do that. They turned him into hamburger meat at the end. He said, like, yeah, be careful when you fucking go eat, go, go to get your Wendy's burger and shit. You're going to have a fucking piece of Michael Myers in that shit. I was like, yeah, the burger's going to try to fucking stab you and shit as you try well, to get it. Well, I'm saying, like, it's like, that's actually how you can bring him back. It's just like, you, it's, like the, it's like the Jason Goes to Hell thing, where it's like, you eat that burger, and all of a sudden now you have, you've, you're imbued with Michael Myers. You're now, you're now Michael Myers, because you ate the Michael Myers burger. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But, like, yeah, like, I, I, uh... I, I do appreciate that. And, like, you know, credit to, to Mustafa himself, where he was just like, he let them have that, you know, but, you know, briefly for a few <laughs> years before he, he retconned that, you know, and made it like, no, Michael Myers is still alive, you know, and it's just like, eh. You know, it's just like. Okay, but as... I, 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 to your point, fine, but he also fucking decided that it was okay to have Buster Iam take the shit out of Michael Myers, so I'm not giving him any credit. No. <laughs> yeah, that is true. That That is true. Um, not, not only kicking the shit out of him, but going, hey I And it's just like, oh, God. Like, what is that movie? Like, that's, like, I mean, I can understand people doing the, because they've been doing it for a while, with the, the the Rob Zombie's Halloween movies are good, actually, thing. And it's yeah. like, that's fine, you know. I mean, I don't outright hate those movies. 
Um, I do one of them. <laughs> I no, I I kind of I I definitely get that one. Um, but uh, I'm I'm just waiting to see somebody do the Halloween Resurrection is good actually. No, the fuck it is not. No, fuck that movie into the fucking sun. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I do have to say though, because like I because like I I've only kind of briefly touched on Jamie Lee Curtis. And, like, God fucking bless her for, like, basically making this movie exist. Because, like, the whole reason this movie fucking exists is because she brought it into existence. Mm-hmm. And she clearly gave a shit. Like, she was clearly heavily involved. And, like, I love her performance. But I also just love the fact that, like, this movie is what it is and not what whatever would have followed Curse of Michael Myers because of her wanting to do it and giving a shit like people have said things uh, especially recently about her not being in horror films and like whatever i don't care like as far as i'm concerned the fact that she basically willed this into existence gives me a gives a lot of credit to her as far as i'm concerned i no, think that... she made the movie and i think that she's great that she made this movie exist no, that 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 is true because like we've talked about this before, where it's like actors like who started out in slashers and became really famous afterwards, and like they they just uh, completely just don't acknowledge or like try to forget or bury the fact that they were in the slasher movies. Whereas like not only did she do that, she 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 went out of her way to make one. It's kind of like the, what what Jackie Chan did with Drunken Master Two, where it's like like he did like these kung fu comedies. Like when he was first starting out, and that's what made him a star. And then he graduated to doing stuff like Police Story and all that stuff. And then um, he like he wanted to put a capper on uh, like like the movies he he used to make. And that's essentially what Drunken Master Two was, where he basically took and made the ultimate version of like the movies he he made, like when he when he was starting out, the movies that basically gave him a career. And then just kind of just like put it to bed and that was like the last one he he did and like so to speak this was basically like jamie lee trying to do that herself where it's just like you know she acknowledges like you know i started out in slashers like you know she points out like you know when when i was making those kind of movies the slasher movies like you know i was strong i was independent i fought against adversity she said i didn't feel exploited until i started doing big hollywood uh, hollywood movies you know, like when when she like, of course, with trading places. This is the first time, uh, like, uh, or just to Randy. quote Randy Meeks, she yeah. did not show her tits until she went legit. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, and like, yeah, that's that's how I feel. Like, that's how I feel about this movie. Of course, like you know, uh, she she eventually did it again with the David Gordon Green trilogy, but like. I, I I like that she did that where she was just like yeah let's do like one big final one like you know like put a nice like wrap a little bow on my slash movie career like you know but basically giving uh, respect to like how she started out because you know she she could have been like everybody else and just be like eh, I don't want to talk about those movies those movies like you know we were talking about Jared Leto forgetting that uh, he was in Urban Legend uh, Rooney Mara talking about uh, like oh, I didn't give a shit about that fucking a Nightmare Gnome Street remake I did. And it's like, to be fair, I give her a pass on that because nobody did and nobody should care about that fucking movie. Yeah, yeah, word. And like, you know, uh, 
uh, Jennifer Aniston forgetting she was in Leprechaun. Uh, you know, uh, every, you know, they just try to distance themselves as far as they can. And she was just like, no, uh, not only am I not going to distance myself, I'm going to come back and make like, you know, the definitive version of, of these kind of movies and just put a wrap a nice bow around it. You know, and, and like, honestly, I feel like th- there was a reason why she actually wanted to do the David Gordon Green movies is because she got fucked over on Resurrection. You know and I mean, like, just yeah. like, oh, that was a terrible way to end it. You know, it should have like, you know, she says it should have ended at H2O. We should have left it there. But no, they want to keep Michael Myers going. Um, so it's like, no, we're going to put a capper on it here. We're going to put a capper on it, you know, between Michael and Laurie. And then that's that. And then I'm done. And. God bless her. God bless her for that. You know what I mean? No, I, I, yeah, no, I, I, I genuinely like. I am so happy this movie exists, and I give thanks and praise to her for making that happen. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, now we're on to my pick for our Halloween special, and I decided to go with 1988's Night of the Demons. Um. Uh, 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 one of the quintessential party horror, uh, horror Halloween flicks, horror movies, I, I think, ever made. Like, this is, I would say, like, one of the purest definitions of a party horror film, where it's just like, it doesn't seek to do anything else other than just be a good time and what it is, you know. Uh, I I did not watch this until uh, I was nearly in very probably mid late 20s if i remember correctly um i i was just like eh, whatever um as a matter of fact i did see it before but it was just like eh, you know uh it may have been joe bob showed it on monster vision way back in the day and i saw it i, I think i rec- could record but you know of course that was on tnt so you you weren't getting the goods on that one you weren't getting like the stuff that makes this movie so so great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Linnea Quigley. <laughs> I was gonna say Linnea Quigley is not even in the film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, like <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But um, yeah, uh, I, I think I may have seen it there, and I probably didn't really have any recollection of that because I don't, um, I didn't really get into it until I saw it on um, Monsters HD which was like I was well into my 20s by that point uh and uh I was like oh this you know and now of course that was the uncut version I was like oh this fucking movie's great this fucking movie's like wonderful like such a good time and and Linnea quickly shoving lipstick at her boobies you know what I'm saying and it's just like it's so much goddamn fun you know even though like it's it's basically like you know it's not original in the slightest you know it's very Night of the Living Dead. It's very Evil Dead. Like, almost like a little bit too Evil Dead-ish. You know what I'm saying? For for, for me. But, like, I, I don't think it's that concerned with, like, being anything other than, like, you know, like, who, like it's basically a bunch of, like, who cares? We're, let's, you know, it's like uh, uh, Stooge. Like, uh, eat a bowl of fuck. I'm just here to party. You know what I'm saying? And, like, that's what they were there for. They were just at a party, you know what I'm saying? And, like, yeah, it's it's one of those movies where I'm just like, oh, this is this is so much fun. And every character is in here is great. As a matter of fact, no, f- scratch that, scratch that. Now I'm remembering. Um, my father had uh, a co-worker who was a good, good friend of his named Tony. 
uh, who was a huge fan of this movie, and he was the one who let me watch this. Um, and he he liked it because he loved the fact that uh, Tony was black, by the way, and he loved it because he 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 said, and I quote, "The black guy is the smartest guy in the movie." Uh, because every time something uh, scary happens, he's the first one like, "Let's get the fuck out of here." And <laughs> yeah, and to his credit, he gets the fuck out of there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like the only reason he sticks around for for the remainder of the movie is because he can't leave the pro- the the uh, the space, like you know, the property where the house is. Um, but he spends most of the, the the movie hiding out in the car, you know, while everybody else is getting fucked up in the house, and like and it, like. Like his favorite scene in the movie was when, uh, uh, like you know, they're they're, they're trapped in the hallway and said, They ain't getting me, and he go, runs and jumps out the window. And yes. it's like, he's <laughs> like, That man is one of the smartest men in horror films, and it's like, Oh, yeah, 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 I, I, I definitely agree. I love Roger, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I love majority of the characters in there, but Roger is the best character in the entire fucking movie because. He's the smartest motherfucker in the entire thing, but uh, yeah, I I I love I love, uh, I love uh, Night of the Demons. How about you? I have a complex relationship where it's like I finally I'll, I'll start I'll start by saying I'm finally on the same page because like for a long because like I first saw it probably when you did but I don't really remember because uh, like I watched Monster Vision as well, um, but I watched it the first time I remember watching it was. Um, when I was like in my like late teens, early twenties, and like Netflix had first come into being, like when it was the DVDs by mail, and um, I'd always wanted to see Night of the Demons, and I hadn't, so I rented it, and I was just like, "This is this is it, all right." Like this is this is kind of like they didn't do anything for me. It was like it was it was like people are like how fun it is. I'm like it was it kind of bored the shit out of me. Like I just did it just did not vibe with it at all, and then like um, I didn't watch it again for like a while. And then I'm, I got into this band, uh, Send More Paramedics, uh, who is a zombie core band, um, like a hardcore band, but they all like they do zombie like makeup and they play songs about zombies and shit. And um, awesome band. Um, and they did a video for their song Blood Fever, where it was um, basically the entirety of Night of the Demons compressed into like three and a half, four minutes, whatever the hell the, like, the song is. And um, I liked that video. So I was like, maybe I was wrong about Night of the Demons. Let me watch this again. Watch it again. Still did nothing for me. And I was just like, all right, I guess maybe not. And then, like, people talk about how great it is. So, like, recently, I think it was, like, last year or the year before, it was on Shudder. And I was just like, fuck it. Let me, I'm going to watch Night of the Demons. And, like, let's see if I got in there. And I watched it. I'm like, nope, still don't get it at all. In fact, I think I, I want to say, and I don't mean this to be shitty, I want to say I turned it off, like, Within half an hour, forty-five minutes, I was like, "I'm good." I, I, I've now realized that I'm not getting anywhere with this movie, so I'm just, I'm just gonna stop. And then it wasn't until you were like, "That was your pick to cover," and I was just like, "Fuck it, I'll watch Night of Demons again." And I watched it last night when I got home, um, about like nine thirty or so. And for the first time ever, I guess it was either I've just my brain has finally developed to that point. Or, like, I was tired. I don't know what happened, but whatever happened in my brain chemistry, whatever alchemy occurred, like, it was the first time ever that I watched it, and I was like, oh, this is really fun. Like, I finally understand this. Like, it's like, I'd never gotten this before, but I was like, this second, right now, I'm having a very good time watching this. Like, it's like, it's definitely, as you said, like, it's definitely 
a fairly to, to say it's influenced by Evil Dead is being extremely kind. Like it is very much ripping <laughs> off Evil Dead, and like there's a little bit of like Peter Jackson in there. Like there's like it's definitely like uh, it's definitely a fucking movie that's not an original film by such the imagination, but for what it is, it is a very good time. It is very, I will say, very fucking. Okay, I'm trying to think of a way to put this. Um, it's not like a like I feel like if you remember in like the late '80s, early '90s, like Full Moon features versus like um, those were kind of like the West Coast um, like horror movies, which is what I usually watched, even though I was on the East Coast. This feels like more of like the East Coast version, where it's like it's very trashy, it's very like down and dirty, like it's very like exploitative, and I don't mean that in a bad way. Like, I mean that in the best possible way. Like, it's just like, and the thing that's funny is, um, I, before this, and still do, if I'm being completely honest, uh, preferred the remake that they did a few years ago with Monica Kina and Edward Furlong. Um, but now I get this as well, because it is, as you said, it is very, very fun. Like, it's a very good party horror movie. It's, again, it's, it's so fucking trashy that i feel like you 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 have to kind of get into that headspace and to vibe with it and it's like so it's like but once you do it works like fucking gangbusters like i was like i i didn't get it until yesterday but now i think i understand that i will be able to watch it subsequently and also really enjoy it on my like viewings i watch from this point forward because i definitely want to watch it again and possibly watch the sequels oh uh this this is sequel. I, I only seen part two. I haven't seen part three because part, part three uh, is hard to uh, find. But uh, I, I have seen part two, and part two is uh, pretty fun. But it's it's no this version. But uh, it's no first one. And I have not seen the remake. Um, I'm just like, uh, eh, eh, uh, um, we'll see. I I, I know you you mentioned it uh, quite quite a few times and how much you like the the remake. Um, so I'll watch it eventually, but I have not seen it yet. But um, I, I think another reason why I like this one so much is like it's very creep showish, mm-hmm. um, like uh, particularly the 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 bookends with the old man, like uh, yes. the, the the old man is very uh, like Tom Atkins and creep show. Yes. Um, except much worse. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he was just a he was just kind of a an abusive father. He wasn't fucking like putting razor blades in random children's trick or treats. Like Jesus Christ! Oh yeah, yeah. Like the fuck, dude. Like, uh, and then and then he was rude to Judy for no fucking reason whatsoever. She was just trying to be nice. Um, and like he was just like you fucking little whore. It's okay, like, when you get old and your penis doesn't work anymore, you're very bitter. I understand. I feel like that that man. I understand his logic. He's just wrong. Wait, wait, wait. Maybe, maybe that's why the wife put the razor blades in his apple pie. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Because his penis doesn't work anymore. Exactly. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm tired of wasting time with you, Bill. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, like it's got like real, like maybe, maybe not creep show. Maybe creep show two is a bit more the vibe. Because um, that is more trashy. That does actually yeah. track. Like, like th- this could have been shortened into like a like a forty minute uh, creep show two segment. Um, and it 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 would it would work perfectly fine in there, um, but yeah, like 
it is uh, I, I love just the, the whole vibe of the movie where it's just like everything is just like nothing is taken seriously. Like that's why I said like they they definitely rip off Evil Dead, but like I, I feel like they didn't care. Like you know, oh, they definitely did not care. They gave but, zero fucks. <laughs> they, they were like they were very much shamelessly ripping off. Yeah, yeah, like like you know, even the fucking uh, the the you know the the por- like the the forced view. You know what I'm saying? Like when they're getting chased uh, through throughout the the house, uh, it's very Evil Dead. Um, uh, like even with the like, it, although I, I do like when they speak in the possessed voice because all I hear is Frank Welker. And like yeah. from, from 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 what I heard, Frank Welker did like work on the film, but um, I don't know how true that is because I'm like I could uh, I would imagine Frank Welker would have been kind of expensive for how much this movie cost to make. I know it was made for like the million dollar range, and it's like I feel like Welker would have been a bit more expensive than that, like than they could afford. Um, so I don't know, but like I definitely hear uh, like it's Frank. Like every time they speak, I think of uh, well, Frank Welker did the voice of like the demon and the golden child. Use the Achanti dagger to kill the child. You know, like they they sound just like that every time they speak. Um, and, and it's like. I, I love that shit, and uh, like I love how just like, like like you said, it's so fucking trashy, so trashy. Um, like Linnea L- Quigley's introduction into the movie is the definition of, well, uh, it makes sense because she is trash. Um, uh, uh, I say because she played trash in yes. Return of the Living Dead, not because Linnea Quigley herself is trash. God bless Linnea Quigley. Yes. Um, I do think she was actually hilariously and ironically treated more respectfully <laughs> on Return of the Living Dead playing trash than she was in this film, honestly. Right, right, right. This is because she she admits this is a movie she did not want to do. Yes, this um, is very exploitative. <laughs> I, I don't think it like she she like she revealed that it wasn't so much that all all the nudity she had to do because she she admits she has no problem doing nudity. You know, obviously. Linnea quickly has no problem doing nudity, but uh, like her biggest problem was the fact that uh, she was playing a teenager in here, and she is so obviously not a teenager. You know, I mean, if we're being completely honest, none of them, not one goddamn person in this movie looks like a fucking teenager. Like, let's be fucking real. Like, these people are all in their like fucking if even twenties is being charitable. <laughs> like, it's like there there's a couple of them. I'm like that man is in his late forties, like playing a teenager. Right, right. Like Stooge is a forty-year-old man. Yes. Like, like I, I, I don't know how they, they thought anybody, but like it's, it, it goes into the thing was like, who cares? Yes. You know, it's basically just a, a shitload of who cares. You know, we're we're here to have fun, um, and, and that's what I appreciated about it a lot. You know, what I'm saying it's just a shitload of fun. Um, I want, I, I do want to talk about my my favorite character in the movie though, because I, I see myself in him a lot. And that's Sal. Sal is me. Like, like not, not necessarily like a lot of shit he does. Um, but at a party, I am Sal. Like, you see how everybody's dancing, having a good time, and Sal is just in a corner just drink, drinking his booze and just he's just vibing, chilling. That's me at a party. Like, Yeah, that's me. <laughs> just without booze, but just with, like, whatever soda is available. <laughs> right, right, right. I'm just in the corner. Like, everybody's just vibing. I'm just in the corner like, hmm. Like I'm just chilling here, and uh, and oh, uh, like also the scene where uh, 
uh, he's alone in the, the living room area with Angela. And he goes, Ange, what the fuck are you doing over there? Like, that's, that's a question I would ask. If I saw some shit like that happening, I love Sal. Sal was my Like, I'm, I'm always so bummed when his character dies. Like, you know, because it's like, oh, like, because you get the sense, like, oh, he's like, that's that's cool. Like, they're going to make him the hero. Like, you wouldn't expect him to be. You expect somebody like Jay to be the hero. But like, no, he gets his eyes fucking poked out. And uh, like, oh, so it's Sal. And it's like, oh, and no, Sal gets thrown off the roof and he's impaled and he's dead. And then now he's a zombie. Exactly. Uh, I was going to say, that's the one thing I would say that should be a consolation to you. That like, even the people who die, they don't stay dead. So who gives a fuck? <laughs> that, is, that is true. That is true. And eventually the, 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 the hero of the movie is basically Roger. Um, and it's like, no, nah, like, I, I, I like, you know, it sets up these, these, these kind of like, um, cliches you would see like you know this guy and no he's just the fucking uh the chad and shit who uh you know who just leaves poor judy by herself in the fucking room because she won't get it on with him and then he gets his eyes plucked out and then oh even uh, before he gets his eyes plucked out he basically gets the fucking demonization like the sexually transmitted demon from Linnea quickly so it's just like jesus christ no yeah totally 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 um and then you think Sal's going to be the hero, and then he dies, and then it's just Roger. And then it's like, I, you know, I, I like that they, they're kind of, you know, subverting expectations here, you know, because, like, you, you don't see, you just see movies doing that, you know, back in the days and shit, especially, you know, with, with, with a black character. So I, I really appreciated how they, they, they went that route, you know. And, like, you know, like, like we said, Roger is the smartest guy in the fucking movie. So respect to them, respect to them for that. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, they had that whole uh, thing in horror movies where the black person always, the black character always dies first. And nope, he, he, he survives throughout the whole thing and he's the smartest guy in the whole thing. So props to them for that, you know? To be fair, I do think that is kind of stereotypical because like, um, like for example, we covered Jason Lives. The black girl didn't die first. She like, she makes it reasonably far like into the film. Like, Granted, yes, very rarely do black characters like end up surviving the whole thing, like this in this case. But like, I feel like the always dying first thing. I feel like it's a stereotype. Yeah, yeah. When when did that start anyway? Where where everybody talk about the, the black characters die first? Uh, even I want to say Scream Two. I feel like yeah. Scream Two is when it was first mentioned explicitly that I can think of. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll give you that because even in a um, New Blood, uh, Friday Thirteen Part Seven, the the black characters die like toward toward like toward the end of the the middle section of the film yeah in uh, five um like yes like halfway through you lose uh uh fuck Joanna demon Man. demon <laughs> um uh, yeah but like his little brother makes it all the way to the end so oh, yeah. like reggie the reckless <laughs> yeah yeah that that uh fantastic character that's I, I will I, I will not uh, I will not mention anything. I will save it for that discussion on okay, when we get fine. to Friday five. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I'm just saying, like it's like I do feel like that's stereotypical because like, I feel like a lot of times like it's not like it's not like an immediate thing. Like it's like I mean I mean they, they don't often again they don't like often make it to the end like in this case. But like also I do think because as you pointed out like in this case he is 
even though in some 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 said it's kind of cowardice as much as it's intelligence, where it's just like it's just like where it's like you're not getting me. I don't think he realized that he wasn't just killing himself at that point because the, the look on his face, like when he like hits like ground and it wasn't it's only the first floor, suggests that he assumed he was dead at that point. It was just like, well, I didn't have a follow up plan, so like here we are. No, like no, but he does he does have his heroic moments, um, uh, like especially the the, the climax where. Uh, he, him, and Judy are climbing over the wall to escape everybody, and uh, he he falls over and he's safe, and and Judy's about to bite it, but like he he still goes back for her, you know, say like, come on, Judy, you can do it, yes, you can, and you know they, they you know they're 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 safe and they're rescued. Um, uh, also like when he's trying to convince her to like when she's hanging off the the, the ledge and he's like you know, which which I I. I I always find that part funny because, like, like she starts moving over to 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 the left so, so she could jump down to him, and then goes, "I can't do it." Like you were just doing it, you, you were you were just climbing over, like like, and you're literally stepping on something. Why all of a sudden you can't do it now? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean that that that's just like let's be honest. Um, Judy kind of sucks. Yes. Like, um, no disrespect to, to the actress, but uh, she's not great in this film at all, especially the way she keeps uttering uh, uh, Jay's name. Jay! Is, is the most annoying fucking shit. Um, not as annoying as her little brother. <laughs> That's who, fair. Who, who's a fucking creep. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like, like the way he, he uh, jumps out of the closet in the beginning when she's changing. Whoa, potatious boobies, sis. Like, ill. Like, why are you checking out your sister? Um, and wh- why are you, like, pointing out how great her boobs are? Uh, like, that's some creepy-ass shit. Like, and he even mentions that again when, when he's talking to Jay. He said, the, uh, are you are you dating my sister because she has a good personality, or it's just because she got big cha chas? <laughs> it's like, little man, stop, stop it! Like, please, like you're grossing me the fuck out here. Um, I do like when uh he 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 fucking shits on his mom when like she made the what was those fucking treats she made? Those I chocolate treats. They look horrible. <laughs> <laughs> they do. They do. He's like they look like sun dried poodle turds. <laughs> His mother's just so mad, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I do like his his interactions with Sal too. Um, when, when, when fucking Sal is him and and him are talking shit to each other, he's like, oh, "Go go go get your sister," you know, saying before I hammer your face or some shit like that. And he's like, "Ah, oh, she don't want to be with you." And he's like, "You little asshole." <laughs> I love I love when 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 adults or, or teens like fucking shit on children in horror movies. Because uh, it's one of my favorite parts of Poltergeist 3. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Um, when they drop in Carol Ann off at her school. And the little boy is like, oh, like, uh, you know, like, hey, you seen any ghosts? And Larflin boy is like, leave her alone. It's like, who are you, the cops? And Larflin boy's boyfriend like, watch it, you little asshole. <laughs> it's like, that's my favorite moment in that movie. <laughs> so I, I, I like that shit. I like when little kids get the. Well, obviously, I like when little kids get their comeuppance in movies. As as you see, as much as I loved Halloween ends, when <laughs> when Jeremy gets his comeuppance, <laughs> fuck them kids. <laughs> yeah, but like, like I just I I love all the characters in this movie. Like they're all fun. Like you know, 
I don't necessarily find them like I, I shit on Judy, but I don't necessarily find her that bad a character. I mean, she's I, I think the, the problem with her as a character is that she's basically just the the final girl. I say she's generic final girl. That's yeah, she's <laughs> yeah, very standard generic, you know, vanilla final girl. And that's just really all, all that is to her. You know what I'm saying? So she doesn't really have a character, but everybody else like has a distinct um, personality, which, which I think works like for this kind of movie. Like she's kind of like the only one who just like stands out of the fact that almost like she's like the wrong type of character. Like she's something you would see like in like a generic version of this movie where this one is a lot more, you know, fun and like, you know, just having a, a, a free willing time, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, eh, I mean, but she's, she's, she's not bad. Like, you know, like every horror movie like this needs a character like that. So I guess it's fine, but it's just like, eh, you know, she's, she's kind of boring where everybody else is just like a lot of fun. Um, and that is what that, it, you know, it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Well, that's the thing is I feel like that's, um, kind of like the thing that you kind of get from late 80s um horror in general um was i feel like it's i don't want to go as far as cynical you know that might be fair um but like i definitely feel like there was like a certain paint by numbers aspect to certain elements yeah where it's like they need this particular which i mean because really if you break it down she didn't need to be the final girl. She didn't need to be in the movie. Like, honestly, like, you could have just easily... Because, like, she makes it out with... I can't remember his fucking name. Did you say Reg? Uh, Roger. 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 Yeah, okay. Um, she makes it out with him. It could just easily just been him. Like, I mean, it's like, it could have just as... Like, he actually has something to do in the movie. And, like, he has, like, a personality. And, like, he has, like, a function throughout the movie as more than just kind of, like... Because really, if you break it down, like her really only purpose is to be like the pure, chaste, like uh, girl who doesn't do the bad things at the party. So therefore, she gets to make it through. Yeah. And I'm just like, it's it's not that it's bad, but it just feels like it was only there because they felt like it was necessary, not because they necessarily needed or wanted to do it. It was just it felt like it needed to be there. I feel like that definitely is something you see in certain, I guess not even just the 80s. Like, I mean, like, there's, like, in, that definitely happened in, like, the 90s, happened in the 2000s, where occasionally there is, like, stuff where it's just, like, the writers, the filmmakers, whatever, felt like they need something in particular that could, it was just in everything else, and it was, that was the only thing they could think of. And I was just like, yeah, but if you don't, then you don't. Like, that dude could have just easily been the final boy. That does happen from time to time. Like, he made it out by his own, like, wits. And, like, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, you don't necessarily need that character. Like, the character really only exists as, like, counterpoint to all these people who are different levels of debauched. Like... Right. Like, you have, like, your Vulcan Skull guys. You have uh, Angela. You have fucking, um, like, Linnea Quigley's character, who I don't know the name of. I was just going to say trash, but that would be wrong. Um... And like jock guy, like it's like they're all differing levels of fucking horrible, except for the two that make it out. Like, right. so it's like, I feel like you could have just easily just been like, just one of them makes it out. It's just like, it's like this this girl doesn't exist. The movie, could I mean, or that or for that matter, 
if you're really trying to subvert expectations, you could have killed her off. Like, because the, the thing I think is interesting, uh, spoilers, I guess, for the Friday the 13th remake is that they have like two uh, like girls who are positioned as the final girl, and like one of them gets killed off at the end. And it's just like, oh, it's, it's legitimately shocking because you don't think that like she's going to go. And I was like, they could have done that here if they wanted to, and like just killed her off towards the end. Or fucking, she could have been the first kill for all I give a fuck. Um, but just like, cause she, she didn't serve anything really in the end other than being cute and being chased. So like, whatever. No, yeah, totally, totally. It, like, it definitely felt like they, they they put her in here just because like they needed a character like that. Or they felt they needed a character yeah. like that. Like I said, it could have easily been Roger and Sal. That's know? what I'm saying. Oh, like, yeah, it could have just been Roger, like honestly. Like, I, was, yeah, I yeah, feel yeah. like, I mean, Sal would have been fine too. But I feel like that's the thing is like Roger like earns his kind of spot at the end of the movie by like survival throughout it, like constantly using his wits. Whereas like she survives because they had to, like they felt like they had to. Cause it was kind of like the whole thing I talked like, speaking of Carpenter, cause we did Carpenter, we did like a uh, H2O. Like a lot of people talk about the whole thing with um, the original Halloween being like this moral, um, like kind of showcase where it's like these kids die because they smoked and drank and had sex and so therefore it was a thing about it was basically a statement about morality and if you watch the movie laurie smokes weed too like yeah and and like carpenter has said he was like all i was doing was showing what kids are really like like where it's like kids smoke and drink and fuck like that's what kids do and the thing is, like, I feel like at this point, like, when you had characters like Judy who are in here basically purely to try to, like, pro- like to propagate that point, to, like, perpetuate it, it's just, like, why are you here? Like, it's, like, you're, you're just here to, like, to basically, like, this is, like, a mad lip, and you, you're, you're like, grandfathered into it. Like, it's just, like, it's, like, so it's, like, I feel like Roger could have just been the sole survivor, and it would have been an equally, if not better, film. No, yeah, totally, totally, totally. Um, it's also weird too that uh, uh, they they had they they cast the um, the what's her name Kathy Podwell. I would uh, I I know one person name in this entire goddamn movie and is Linnea fucking quickly. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Um, but uh, like it like in the scene the the aforementioned scene where I talk uh, where where her brother jumps out of her in the closet where she's changing. And did, I always was weirded out that uh, she keeps her bra on, so you don't see her breast, but like she bears her her bare ass, and <laughs> you know, and it's just like, and she clearly does it, like you know, she she takes off her her stuff to change, and like she hikes her shirt up so the camera could see her ass, and and like you know, so it's it's obvious, like you know, they they're trying to get the the nudity thing, but she never shows her breast. So it's just like that. That's weird. Like maybe she had a clause in her contract. Well, I, I, I think like it was probably yeah. It was probably like what she was comfortable with. Because I, I do think that's another thing that I think is weird, is um like because there are certainly like because it was it was kind of just expected, like in like eighties horror where you're gonna get nudie and you're gonna get gore, um, which is actually something that I like enjoyed for like a long time when I was renting stuff off Netflix because you were like guaranteed that. Where it's like, even if the movie was shitty, you at least would have gore and nudity. So at least it wasn't a total waste of time, if it have, even if it sucked. Yeah. Um, whereas, like, in the 90s and 2000s, that is not a guarantee. So sometimes you're just wasting your fucking time. 
Um, but like the thing, I, the example I always go to, and we'll get to the movie eventually. But uh, in Night of the Creeps, um, when she takes off her shirt for no fucking reason, literally no fucking reason. There is no reason Cindy Cronenberg had to be naked. But it was like, Christ, there is a giant scene at the end where they're all showering, which again is gratuitous, but like, there was no reason for Cindy Cronenberg to be naked. But they were like, well, this is an 80s movie, so we need to fucking do this. Like, it was, it just expected. Like, and I'm just like, I don't understand. No, yeah, like me, they're like, uh, I'm, I'm kind of with uh, 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 the Renaissance guys with like Bruce Campbell and like Sam Raimi and Rob Tepper, where uh, they, 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 there's a scene where, um, uh, Shelly uh, shows side boob in uh, Evil Dead and they was like they, they felt obligated to have like a breast shot in the film but like they they themselves feel like a horror film doesn't need that that you don't need sex and nudity you just need lots of blood and gore you know like that's what the people really are there to see and it's like I'm, I'm perfectly fine I don't need nudity in there but I don't mind it <laughs> but uh, I don't need it uh, you know as well but uh I, I, I'm perfectly fine, and it's like you—you you, you do get a lot of nudity in other instances, especially from the Leia Quigley, who is just like, yes. Oh, like at one point she's almost like completely fucking nude. Oh yeah, no, um, she does the same thing she did as trash. I, I'm always shocked at how far Leia Quigley is willing to go, and how far people are like are willing to let her go. Because like I'm genuinely shocked. There are at least two movies that I can think of where she literally shows everything like literally everything like the stuff you don't see in movies ever that are not pornography you see from when quickly in this and return of the living dead possibly others that i'm not aware of but holy no. shit <laughs> <laughs> no but even in return of the living dead like they made her yeah. uh, an appliance to go over her her naughty bits um they do not in here so she is full-on out there and i'm just like like you said, like, I mean, props to Linnea Quigley for just being completely comfortable with her. But, like, holy shit. You know what I'm saying? They're just like, hey, Linnea, like, uh, we need you to, like, you know, to show everything. Okay. You know what I'm saying? She's just like, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, yeah, she is, like, she not she not only is full on out there in here. But, like, she fully, like, puts it on display for, for a second or two. Like, in her sex scene with Jay. And I'm just like. Jesus Christ, Linnea. <laughs> but, like, you know, that, I guess that goes with the vibe of, of the movie, you know what I'm saying? We're just, hey, yes, we're, we're freewheeling here, you know what I'm saying? Like, who gives a shit? Like, you also have um, the couple having sex in the coffin, uh, and, you know what I'm saying? Like, homegirl is just out there, bare breasts, and then, like, gets her neck snapped, which is cool. Um, I mean, it's, 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 you know what I mean. Like, yes. I mean, we watch horror movies to see people get killed. <laughs> it's, I, I'm not... it's, very, it's very tragic, obviously. But like... <laughs> yeah, but like, you know, Stu just comes in and She's snaps. still fine. She's okay. In real life, she's fine. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm not actually happy that, you know, saying her character is killed. I just think it's cool, you know. Death as far scene. as we know, she's okay. As far as we know, she's fine. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, uh, there is a, another uh, star of this movie that I think we should talk about, and that's uh, Steve Johnson. Um, <laughs> Steve Johnson, name, just a fantastic name. Right, right, right. Like you know, um, which is funny enough because I used to get him confused with Kevin Yeager a lot. Um, 
I mean, like, also to the, because like the fact that they both married uh, actresses they worked on. Uh, of course, uh, uh, Kevin Yeager. We talked about Kevin Yeager married Catherine Hicks, and they're still together. But on the set of this film, Steve Johnson met Linnea Quigley, and they fell in love, and they got married. Although, although they subsequently divorced. But um, you know, uh, I've I've always you know we've always been supportive of makeup effects guys. And like, especially when they don't have a lot to work with, and they could do like just incredible stuff. And that is Steve Johnson on here because uh, his makeup effects are just absolutely fantastic on here, especially on Linnea. The whole shoving the lipstick in the boob thing is just as great and weird as fuck at the same time. Because why does she do it? Like, why do like why is there a scene where she just shoves a lipstick in her boob? I don't know. She just does it, but it's fine and it's great and it's a great a special effects piece. You know, like that's how they met too because she came into his shop so he could do a plaster mold of her boobs. <laughs> you know, and that's how they met and like you know they subsequently fell in love and got married. But it's like, it's, um. That's a weird way to meet your wife, your future wife, right? It's like, hey, I how mean, you yes Are... and no. <laughs> like, it's like, is it weird or is it the best way to meet your future wife? Like, oh, hi, nice to meet you. Okay, take off your shirt so I could like put like take some stuff up on your boobs so I could make a plaster mold <laughs> of it. Thank you. You know, <laughs> but yeah, like uh, all the other makeup effects stuff. Like, I know, mean, what's uncomfortable at that point? Like, what what date are you gonna have that you're gonna be nervous for? Nothing. At that point, right. it's the best like, way to meet your future wife. Like, it's like <laughs> you've gotten every bit of uncomfortable like moments that you could have had later out of the way right at the beginning. Who gives a fuck? Yeah, yeah. To talk about breaking the ice, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Steve Johnson is definitely probably uh, one of the the biggest uh, bright shining lights on this movie because they only had like a million dollars to make this. And and on top of that, there's like 75 goddamn characters that have to have unique makeups in addition to the gore effects. Like, cause like, as we like mentioned, after everybody in the movie dies, they come back as one of the demons, like as a zombie. And they all have like unique looks after they've zombified, demon demonified, whatever. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so like the fact that he had to do that in and of itself is fun. Cause basically you have to like do two big ass makeup effects per person and there's a it's a big fucking cast oh yeah yeah most definitely it's like uh um I, i'm gonna say something very hurtful here um uh, i apologize in advance patrick but it's like the opposite of the lost boys fuck you motherfucker <laughs> i'm sorry but it's true and it's like a lot of people have mentioned that where it's like um, I think KMB mentioned these people. That... I'll fight those people with my fucking fists. I, I think uh, KMB said the same thing when they did From Dust to Dawn, where it's like they they didn't want to do the Lost Boys thing, where everybody has the same makeup to to design, and they all look the same. Like you know, they want to make you know different looks to like each one of like you know like the vampires, and that's exactly what he does here. Like he gives everybody a u- unique look. They don't all look the same, you know. We're coming um, back to this when I do the Lost Boys episode. <laughs> Go ahead, continue. No, no, like I, you know, I love the Lost Boys, but it, it, am I lying? Oh, I have thoughts. I'm just saying I have thoughts. Am I lying though? Am I lying? Yes. Okay. Fine. <laughs> you want to do this now? Let's do this now. That's fine. No, I do. I do not want to do this now. I'm just saying. 
I feel like <laughs> vampires should all like they like there should be like a baseline look and like sometimes like because it's, like, it's 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 a species like it's just, like I feel like if you're doing a werewolf movie like if you look like the howling like all the werewolves look vaguely the same except for oddly uh, when D when uh, D Wallace turns into one. Um, yeah. But all the rest have a very uniform look. That's the way goddamn monsters are supposed to goddamn be. But fine, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, it, it, but it, it, I, I see your point. But you know, it, it could be considered boring, um, a, a boring thing to look at, like where everybody just looks the same. Whereas they all have very different hair and wardrobe. It's not like you like mistake any of them for each other. I know which one Marco is and which one David is. Like makeup or no makeup. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I, I agree. I agree. I'm just making a point here where it's like what you said. Everyone is unique and like does not look like the, no no demon, zombie, whatever you want to call them. They're fucking zombies at this point. It's called Night of the Demons, but they're fucking zombies. Um, yeah, it's definitely like Evil Dead where it's just like, I mean, it's like they're are they demons or are they zombies? Who gives a, I mean, to be fair, like, I mean, that's my whole thing was like the reason I like when you asked if I considered a monster movie, I'm like Demons are like the first version of monsters. So like, of course. So it's like, so yeah. So like, I mean, yeah, you can call them zombies. You can call them like, call them whatever the fuck you want. I mean, it's the same. It's all kind of the same thing. Like it's same. It's the same glorious fucking genre. Yeah. Yeah. Most definitely. Most definitely. But yeah, like, but they all, you know, look different amongst themselves. So it's like, he, he, he's definitely uh, went out there and like try to make something um, different and unique. But with a limited budget, and uh, and, and he he had already worked on big stuff. By the way, he, like he already worked on Predator, um, Steve Johnson. So it's not like you know uh, he he was you know uh, fucking you know just still like you know at the you know at the bottom of like you know makeup effects design because he he already like you know did big stuff. But like you know to to go from like Predator to that and like still like put forth an effort where it's just like i'm you know i'm gonna do the best fucking thing i possibly can with as limited resources as i could and like yeah like i i think all the the makeup effects in here is like the 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 severed arm that that grabs judy's leg looks great um like stooge's design looks great angela's design looks great uh suzanne was her uh lunae quigley's character's name suzanne She's still um, Linnea quigley i don't care yeah 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 yeah. she's just gonna be Linnea quigley also like when when uh uh, the, the the dude's uh, girlfriend comes back with the snap neck and like she's still like that, and then Jay with his fucking punctured out eyes, and it it it, it all looks fucking great. Like it all looks great. Like so like I just wanted to shout out Steve Johnson because I think, I mean like probably his most memorable thing, um, uh, like as far as like you know with with general audiences like when he worked on Species, um, you know like where where he. Basically, um, well, H.R. Giger the designed Sill, but he's the one who did the effects for that. And like, but like, like stuff like this is where like I think shows just how great of an effects uh, makeup effects guy he is, because you know, limited resources. Like you know, they're working on a tight schedule, little money, and like he's basically just putting effort into it. Like he was working on something that costs like fucking. 10 times the amount, uh, 20 times the amount of this movie. So, yeah, I just wanted to, you know, give a shout out to Steve Johnson for that. No, yeah, no, he's great. And I, I, I mean, I, I get, like, I feel like the movie in general, like, it is definitely exploitative and trashy, but, like, considering what they spent on it, it doesn't look 
nearly as like cheap as it should. Like it's it's trashy without looking or feeling cheap, which is impressive. Right. Like yeah. Like it, it's definitely like more looks way more professional than something like you know somebody else making a Evil Dead ripoff would look like. You know. Like you could give somebody uh, you know the same amount of money and the same script, you know, but less talented, uh, and they'll just give you shit, you know. It just it's going to be just big load of shit. But like you know, uh, Kevin Tenney, uh, just like and like there's a lot of great camera work in here too, you know. There's a lot of great camera movements and and uh, POV shots and and all that stuff, and so it's like. Like yeah, like the, the tone of it is free willing, but like you could tell, like they, there was a level of uh, like they took how they took how seriously they took it when it comes to actually just making like a like an effective like party horror film. Where it's just yeah, like yeah, the, yeah, the professionalism of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you know, you know, like yeah, we're just we're having a good time, but like you know, we're gonna make sure like we do it the best we can. You know what I mean? And. Uh, that's a reason why uh, I appreciate this movie a lot. You know what I'm saying? Um, th- there's another thing I wanted to bring up was the fact that uh, this was a minor hit when it when it came out, um, but it could have been a major one because it was uh, uh, released in limited. Uh, it was a limited release, and you know what I'm saying. And it it did incredibly well. Like it it, it we're as we're talking about this, you know, Terrifier 2 is in uh, big news because it just, you know, it's just con- considerably doing well and well, like, keeps, you know, it was made for, like, what? Terrifier 2 250 was made for, grand. 250 grand and it's made, like, what, over $3 million? $5 already? million. Really? Yeah. Holy shit. You know, and that's that's incredible, you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, for the fact that it was made for, for this amount and it, it's doing considerably well, like, you know, and they keep adding shows and shows and shows. And um, th- Night of the Demons was kind of like that for its time, where it was released in limited quantities, like around, like it, it released in Detroit first and then it released in New York. But when it released in New York, it did like just considerably well, where, where, where it played like I, I forgot when it was released but it played for like the, the remainder of the year like around like 42nd street and it made like 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 four million dollars three four million dollars like you know what i'm saying on on 42nd street alone you know what i'm saying in that quantity and it was like hat like for the amount they grossed and like you know for that you know like how, if they would have released this nationwide did a major release it it would have done like just made like buku money like i think the estimate was like 13 million dollars if they had just done a nationwide release and it's just like jesus christ you know what i'm saying like i can understand probably why they wouldn't do that but it's like how it, it shows how popular the movie was even in its initial release like it's gone to become a cult favorite where everybody like really loves it and celebrates it but like considering that like it could have been uh, like a, a a little blockbuster had it been released, you know what I'm saying? Uh, had it had a major release, it's really saying something about like how this movie just, you know, even now from from then to now, how this movie just stays, you know, consistent in the minds of like horror fans, you know. I uh, mean, that's the thing is like I actually like, I heard a story recently where um, I guess for like a long time uh, the actress who played like Angela kind of distanced herself from it, 
Um, and I guess recently, like, she, like, did, like, started doing, like, horror cons or whatever. And she would have guys, like, in her 20s, like, who were, like, obviously not even alive when the movie came out, like, running up to her to show her, like, um, their, like, Angela tattoos. And she was just, like, astonished and, like, touched. And, like, people were, like, A, that it was still popular after so long. But the fact that, like, people were so into it, like, they were, like, doing tattoos and stuff. And I was, like, that's the thing. It's, like, the one thing is, I will say, even when I wasn't into the movie, I never disrespected it like i always respected the fuck out of it because it is a movie that is fucking held on for like more than 30 years now i want to say it's like 35 i think next year or something yeah uh yeah it was 88 so yeah um it is held on like a motherfucker like i was like i still constantly hear people bring up night of demons to this day like that's why again like i never i never shit talked it in any way you reform because i was always like i don't get it but fucking people clearly do. Like, clearly other people are getting a lot of fucking out of this, and God bless them. It wasn't until, like, I finally got it yesterday that I was like, oh, now I'm on your, I'm on your team. Um, but, like, yeah, no, that, it's, it's, it is impressive. Like, the way this movie, who was, that was very small, had a very small release, I'm guessing caught on, like, gangbusters of video store. Because I remember um, when I was a kid, like, seeing the video box... Um, again, it was like in the video store, and it scared the, scared the shit out of me. Like the look of Angela scared the shit out of me. Um, but like apparently, he just fucking held on like a motherfucker. Because like I know, like in the last couple of years, they had done like the Scream Factory Blu-rays and shit. I'm guessing those did well. So it's like, God bless everybody involved who made this. Like I was like, I, I can't speak for the sequels. I, I do like the remake, but like clearly they fucking hit on something with this fucking movie that has resonated for fucking decades and probably will continue to resonate. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I like you, you mentioned that. And that was the point I wanted to bring up that I'm always surprised how with, with the marketing stuff and then with the rest of the series that they led with Angela as like, cause she, she, she essentially becomes the, the villain of the yeah, series. The face of the franchise. Yeah. 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 Where it's like, Everybody remembers Linnea from from the movie. Like Linnea is probably the most iconic character from this movie. Like not that you know, uh, I'm not dunking on Amelia Kincaid because she, she's fantastic as uh, um, Angela, especially her dance sequence, which yes. she which she choreographed herself because she was to a Bauhaus, dancer. no less to fucking Bauhaus, which is like when I was watching that last night, I was like, that's my this is like I was like. I finally get this movie because there's fucking a giant dance sequence to fucking Bauhaus in the middle of this random fucking, like, vaguely slashery monster movie. This is the best <laughs> fucking thing ever. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 the soundtrack in itself is fucking great. Like, I, I love all the songs on the soundtrack. Uh, computer Date, um, where uh, I, I love that scene, particularly when they dance in the Computer Date, because uh, that's when Linnea Quigley loses her mind when they introduce a strobe light. Far fucking out, and I'm like it's a strobe light, honey. Calm down. <laughs> um, and then uh, the end credit song, "The Beast Inside," is fucking fantastic. I love that song. But yeah, I that, mean, should be told, I, I prefer the soundtrack of the uh, remake just because it's like mostly focused on like punk and metal that I already enjoy. But like Bauhaus, man, Bauhaus. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel that. But uh, go, going back to the Amelia Kincaid, like she she's great in the film and like her dance number is great she's she's also the uh the niece of rue mcclanahan 
and Rue McClanahan actually visited the set while they were shooting, like you know, just to, to visit her and shit. And it's like you're you're shooting this trashy, exploitive uh, horror film, and one of the Golden Girls fucking shows up. <laughs> Could you imagine? Could you imagine the shit? Like, I, just, I like, mean, I'm, Blanche I'm, seems <laughs> like a, she seems like a free willing lady. I think she'd be into it. <laughs> that that is true. That is true. Uh, definitely, definitely Blanche and shit. But like, just imagine like. She showed up when they were shooting uh, one of Linnea Quigley's nude scenes and just being like, hey, what's going on here? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like, like, you know, imagine reporting this back to fucking uh, Betty White and shit. <laughs> and Stella Harris. Oh, yeah, I just visited my, my, my niece on the set of this movie and like this lady had everything out. Her, like, you know, her boobies, you know what I'm saying? And all that stuff. And like, oh, yeah, like I saw everything. I could see inside her. <laughs> <laughs> You know, just just imagine that. Just imagine that. You know, but like, yeah. So, like, she's great in the film as Angela. She she is great, and like, she essentially, because I guess it makes sense because it is her party. But it's like she's not even only she's not even the first one to get possessed. It's Linnea Quigley. Linnea Quigley is the first one to get possessed, and then she passes it on to Angela when they make out. Um. And then Angela just becomes like I guess the 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 main villain uh, of the movie from there. I feel but like it's because like, she has the most like uh, baller outfit. <laughs> like it's like she looks the coolest, so therefore she kind of takes over as like the focal point just by virtue of the fact that like she looks so badass. That is true. That is true. I give you that. And like yeah, then she she basically remains as the villain for the remainder of the series. You know, saying like Angela is basically the the Freddy of the Night of the Demons series. But like I always like I always thought that was funny that you know, like I said, Amelia Kincaid is great, but like we all always remember uh, Linnea from. I mean, I mean, I mean, to be honest, we always remember Linnea from everything. Yes, you know because Linnea is just you know, just absolute queen. You know, I'm I was saying? gonna say Queen Linnea. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, even when like she has that small role in uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night. You know, which she's also nude in. Um, yes. Um, no, 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 no. She wears cutoffs, I think, doesn't she? she I mean, like, cut-offs. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She wears cutoffs, but like, no, she's just mostly naked. She's not yeah. all the way naked. The, the, that's it. <laughs> that, that's about it. She wears the cutoffs, and that's about it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But the, like, yeah, um, she she's definitely the most memorable part of the movie, uh, in my eyes. And then they just uh, went with. Uh, um, Angela as the you know the villain for the remainder of the series, but I mean that's fine, it's fine because Amelia Kincaid is great. But um, I always thought that was that was weird that y- you don't lead with Linnea like uh, uh, like on the poster for this one because Angela is the one of uh, the poster uh, for this one. It's just her on the poster by herself. So like I in the the sequel the, too, I want to say it's yeah, just yeah. her. Yeah, it's just her on on the posters for the sequel as well. Um, Scream Factory, however, led with Linnea on the cover when they released it on Blu-ray. So, obviously, you know, they, uh, they had some sense. Um, but, um, the fact that it's just, uh, Angela on the cover and not Linnea, you know what I'm saying, where everybody just remembers Linnea from the movie. It's just like, uh, you know, uh, I get it, but, you know, you might want to lead with your, your brightest star in the film, I guess. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's uh... But, you know, it is what it is. Uh, Again, I just feel like it's as far as, like, the imagery you're trying to create, I feel like 
the fact that she looks at this like goth queen in that fucking outfit, I feel like that's why it's the focal point, just because it's like it's so instantly iconic that it's like it would be hard to like as much as Linnea is the star, I feel like you gravitate towards Angela, especially in terms of like if you're like trying to create marketing, because it's like it's just such a stark, like iconic kind of a look. No, yeah, I, I, I definitely agree. I definitely agree. Yeah. But yeah, um, to, 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 to bring it to a close, I, uh, I love this movie. I, I really do. Uh, it's, 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 uh, I have so much fun every time I watch this. I, I, I rewatch this quite a bit um, every now and then, and I always have a great fucking time with it. Uh, Sal gives me life every time he's on screen because he just reminds me of me so much. Uh, you know, like Linnea Quigley, how could you not say uh, um, all the good things about her? And uh, makeup effects are great. Like, it's such a fun, freely willing time, and uh, I, I love it. Yeah, I didn't, again, I didn't, I didn't like it until yesterday, but I do find myself wanting to watch it again today, which is saying something. Like, I do, I finally get it. Like, it's very, it is very fun. I didn't think it was fun like the longest time. But now I get it, and now I'm into it. So yeah, so this has been uh, our episode, our Halloween special. I uh, hope you've enjoyed it. Um, if you're looking to find us, obviously you've already found us, but like we're on Apple Podcasts now, in addition to being on Spotify and Anchor and God knows where else. Hopefully we've spread. Um, and on Twitter, we are at Chainsaw's Claws. Um, I'm working on getting us social media other places, but it's being challenging in the shittiness of social media. Um, and if you go to Chainsaw's Claws, you can find both of us and all of our various other endeavors, if you so desire. But that will bring us to a close on this one, and have a good night. <laughs>